outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. What's up? Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast. Uh, Mr. Andros walks right by who runs the Vanessa house. Hi. Or the main sales guy. He's uh, he's a, He whips us. He yells at us. He does mean things to us when we don't do our job. But no, 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 no. We're back. It is the first day of not fall camp because that starts tomorrow. But it was the first time that Lincoln Riley talked in regards to the 2021 football it's season. It's over. Talking and season's over. Talking season is over. So, okay, well, so what the hell are we supposed to do? <laughs> All we do is talk. I'm kind of well, – I guess we're kind of screwed. Thanks, coach. I've done nothing but praise you except for when you run your reverses <laughs> that that just give me such heartburn at the ends of games. Like, why are we running a reverse up 31-17? Why are we running a, a wide receiver screen with Drake Stoops as the main blocker? Like, what – these things need answers, and I'm just so scared to ask them because he's kind of Lincoln's kind of intimidating. I don't know how how the media does it. Ask him questions, but you know we're gonna figure it out. They I asked am, him a lot today. Sorry, go ahead. They asked him a lot. I'm Brady Trantham. That's Keegan Renault. Uh, Davis Dunkelberger is here, avid listener of both the Inside OU podcast and through the Keyhole, our Patreon page, where you can go for. Uh, some insight in OU information and just some extra, extra, extra fun Oklahoma Sooner football and sometimes basketball once the uh, you know once it calls for it um, information and content. So just go to Patreon dot uh, com slash through the keyhole for extra OU content. It can't hurt. Just go check it out. But if not, then we will keep you here at the Inside OU podcast and we will greatly appreciate you listening and following along and also. If you have not already, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, a uh, five-star review, preferably. But if not, if, if you don't think we don't deserve that, then please let us know so we can improve and continue on. But, yes, today, talking season is over, Lincoln Riley says so. Keegan, it's been um, it's been a long off season. It feels like... Um, feels like the offseason's been two seasons. It feels like it's been two seasons, Uh no more SEC talk, please God. Uh, Lincoln Riley. He I was get, only asked about five questions about that today. Yeah, he did the Russell Westbrook thing where um, I've said this before, where Russell, the uh, off season, not necessarily the off season, but the training camp after Kevin Durant left, he he gave the Kevin Durant questions their time. Like he he allowed us to ask him questions about KD for about oh about four or five training camp sessions, and then after that he was like, all right, I'm done. No more Kevin Durant questions. Let's just talk about the season. Like, okay, yeah, we we got them all in, so let's talk about whatever applies right now. So Lincoln Riley basically did that today with, I'll answer the SEC stuff today, but after today, that's it. So everybody got their stuff in from recruiting, from just the the impact. Um, Lincoln Riley's kind of emotional appeal to Texas Tech or just the emotional feel that he may have. Uh, because they're kind of up in the air right now in regards to their future. But all that had its time, so now, Keegan, we can focus solely on 2021. Of course, as we do – oh, there we go. We're back. Um, It is. It's time for everybody to kind of start moving in that direction. I thought there was some interesting nuggets dropped today, more from Grinch than there were from Lincoln. But it, it feels like we've turned that corner. You know, we've been talking about it for about three weeks. We thought we did, and then realignment came. (laughs) 
and now we're back. And it feels like we've turned that corner. And today, and it's not just today. It's or it is today. It's not just Oklahoma though. It's every other program, right? That is having an opening camp and having media days. Um, Steve Sarkeesian had his media had his press conference today. So he did not sound very. Uh did not sound like there's a lot to be look, to look forward to with Texas either in the short term or in the long term, which is which is of course great for me because you know screw them. But with all due respect, I should say they're a fellow SEC brother. They are. They they are. And I thought like I was there weren't any normal like Texas coach stuff to come out of today down there. But he made the comment that like if you know when we go to the SEC, the target on our back is going to get even larger. And I'm like, really. <sighs> Just from the Steve, stamp- you did so good in your last two press conferences, and you dropped that. Come on. Anyways, he's like, "Yeah, Daddy's gonna hit me again. Nick Saban's gonna he gonna come over and hit me. Oh no, no! Like the the target's gonna be big on OU and Texas back in the SEC. Just from the standpoint of, oh, you think you can handle this? Mm-hmm. That's what those SEC schools are going to think now. In regards to Oklahoma, the, a lot of them are probably gonna be wrong because, like, the Ole Misses. The uh, the A and M's, the Missouri's, the Tennessee's that have kind of like really patted themselves on the back for stuff that they have not earned. You know uh, what Alabama's done, what LSU has done in 2019 only, uh, what Georgia has done. Kind of, you know, the rest of the schools they're going to get a rude awakening of like, oh no, Oklahoma is actually good, and we are not really anything of note. We're we're nothing of note. Texas, on the other hand, unless they get their shit rolling uh, fairly quickly, they're just going to be like, oh, no, like they're a prototypical Big 12 school. That's why. That's why the Big 12 is dying is because of schools like Texas, because, like, look how easy they are to beat. But, you know, that's that's for another time. But um, you didn't know anything really keen. Let's just jive right into uh, what Lincoln Riley said today. Um, I think the biggest thing for me as an OU fan was just that everybody at this point as camp begins is full go. Um, I, I think U40 talked about it on their recent podcast, uh, Kerry Murdoch, Eddie Rudosvich, and those guys. And th- this was going to be like my big question following Lincoln Riley's uh, press conference today if U40 didn't bring it up, but I 100% agree. Jalen Redmond, what's that status? The fact, in their words, were the fact that we haven't really heard anything about Jalen Redmond, I think is very good, and I agree. So the fact that everybody's okay and ready mm-hmm. to go, awesome. As an OU fan, you just kind of hope that uh, let's all join hands, that all the ACLs are uh, 100% healthy and intact and strong for the next five weeks. A lot of milk? Make A lot sure of milk. Drinking that? I think that helps with ligaments, does it? I think the whole strong bones thing was – I think that that's propaganda. I don't know if that's actually true. That's another big – okay, I was about to say we're, we, we were about – I was about to steal something else. From, I'm kidding. From the unofficial 40. No, I, I was, I was going to say this, though, Brady. I'm, it was – I think, like, the biggest thing, and I think we can both talk – I can at least talk about it, and you heard it today. Yep. COVID's not going to be an issue in Norman in terms of the football program. And that's going to be a good thing for them as they go on this championship run. They're not going to have a ton of issues, or they shouldn't, with quarantining and guys being out. Um, did he did he mention like a vast majority of players? He or? said a very high number, but wouldn't put a percentage on it. Then looks immediately at Kennedy Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse follow, me. <laughs> follow your protocols, Kennedy. 
no, I I was I thought it was interesting, like from that aspect of it, as well as the aspect Brady of it's like I guess just time to hear these guys talk about players again. I guess like that kind of gives me all good and fuzzies, as well as trying to pick through what's BS and what's not. Um, Ian McIver is in the bullshit. center rotation today. That so was, is Robert Congle. Yeah, I heard that. And uh, there was another name, uh, Nate Anderson, I believe. Nate Anderson's at center. Yeah. I, I, I didn't catch. I We were obviously waiting for that to get on Hey, today. you're no U offensive lineman. Come on down. You can play center. You can, you can play center. Any, any one of you not? guys. And um, so I, I, I think it's, it's one of those things, though. Like, the most important thing is that Lincoln got up there and spoke today because – I, I guess I'm speaking from, like, big picture more than anything here. We didn't really have that last year. Like, it was – this today's press conference was obviously a little weird with the SEC stuff, Brady, but it was refreshing to hear him talk about the upcoming season. Yes, God. Like, and again, as somebody who's already written about, can we stop talking about the SEC? And not because it's it's dumb. I'm not trying to sit here and say that it's dumb, but just because OU has a legitimate chance at winning a national title this year – Shouldn't that be the thing that we're all talking about? Because we all know the second OU loses a game this season, if they do, no one's going to give a shit about the SEC. No one's going to give a shit about moving to the SEC. It's just going to be like, who should we fire? And where do we place the uh, for sale signs? Like, where do we go? We all know that that's the case. So at the end of the day, OU season in 2021 is the most important thing. And OU trying to win the Big 12 championship this year that's the important thing, and I'm glad that we've now basically put a, a complete – like we did it on Through the Keyhole on Tuesday. Like we put a complete bow on, all right, let's try to win the national title. Like, let's try to like get rid of all the SEC talk. Let's try and just move forward as much as we can so oh, you can maybe win a national title, please. I was 10 the last time they did it. I'm tired. I'm 30 <laughs> years old. Please, God. I, I You know, I, I think like – you know, we didn't hear a ton of from Lincoln. I don't think that you can necessarily like sit here and take away, take away. Stinking Lincoln. Stop running them reverses. But Grinch thinks he has fourteen guys that can play on the defensive line this year. You know, I like I'm I'm happy, Keegan, for you. I'm happy for you that you were on Triple M Ranch today for your for your career and your opportunities. Okay. But y'all motherfuckers said you were gonna put Alex Grinch on on the damn radio. And he wasn't on the radio. Okay. And I would have loved, I would have loved, <laughs> like so much movement would have gone on in my lower body. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but <laughs> so much movement would have gone on if I would have heard Alex Grinch's like voice say, yeah, we got about like 19 motherfuckers that ran, <laughs> like that we can play. We got about- like, Ran over 20 miles an hour 20 or something. miles an hour. I'm like, oh God, we got we all this, we got all this speed and- I'm on a cleanse. I can't speak. F- I can't speak further. I, it was interesting. One, let's get to that. So I'm going into the Tyler Media Studios. Okay, you guys are gonna get Lincoln and Grinch. All right, cool. You know, publicize it, advertise it, whatever. Um, Chris Plank. They only ever hear him on the other end after the Lincoln press conference. So sorry about that, Brainy, and sorry to anybody that listened to that during the Triple M Ranch today. But I, I'll say this. The comment he made, and he made this a year ago, but I think it like even hits more true in 2021 when Alice Grinch says, I'm trying to get to where people are worse off fielding questions about the defense at Oklahoma. That's big. That is a heavy statement. Very heavy. And I think it makes, it, it, it makes an impact. It's, like, it's one of those quotes, Brady, 
that resonates throughout locker rooms, recruiting trail. It gets sent around to people. And I said this, on a, when that move to the SEC happens and they've got more money and they can go keep Alex Grinch, maybe. Who knows what happens. This is the, I mean, if Lincoln wants to sit up there and BS and, and lie for the rest of the year and then they just can bring Grinch on for the 20 minutes afterwards and we can get 20 minutes of just straight non-bullshit, that'd be great. He was he is unbelievable. I wish I could have heard it. I'm with you. <laughs> Trust me, I'm with you there. But the quotes that were put on Twitter, good the quotes. And again, like this is obviously I'm an OU fan. This is an OU podcast. So this is going to lean heavily OU football. Uh, but I, I try to at least present myself as somebody who doesn't bullshit you, the listener. Correct. At, like as an OU fan, like I want OU to do well, of course. But I mean, I. When I smell shit, I, I typically try to say, like, this smells like shit. Alex Grinch, on the other hand, is not someone who would... He's not a snake oil salesman. I have he's never very smelled genuine. shit out of him before. Yeah, I'm not he, going to lie. He's a very genuine person, which is why I initially liked him in his initial press conference when he was hired. Um, every subsequent uh, media availability out of him, I'm just like, okay, we need to see like the product on the field, of course, but my God, this guy gets me ready to play football. And he gets me excited to watch OU play football on the defensive side of the football. And then very quickly, that, that Houston game, like we were all like, okay, this is a different tone. It was it the first or second play where Kenneth Murray clotheslined that Houston the receiver? Screen it's like, player. It's like, okay, like that might have been an illegal play, like sure, but God damn it, they let it go. And the defense is different now, right? Like the tone is different. But now from what Grinch said today, with the depth, and I think the words he used was just, we have a unique depth. And Keegan, like, you and I have talked about the depth um, on defense all offseason. Mm-hmm. And to hear Alex Grinch himself describe it as unique, it just gives more credence to like what you and I and everybody else that covers or follows OU football, it gives it, gives it all that much more credence, and it just makes me all that much more excited because, I mean, if OU's going to, reach their goals it has to be because of the of the defense because we know the offense is going to be there to an extent we you know Spencer Rattler still needs to improve sure but the defense needs to hit their goals but that's all that's made all the much more simpler when you realize that you've got two or three guys behind you at each position that can just play at the same level we, we've everybody's admired what Ohio State's done right on that defense for that stretch that they had where you know, Gary on Conley plays for one year. Malik Hooker plays for one year. And these guys are first-round talents. Whenever you start creating depth the way Oklahoma's doing, especially, I guess, everywhere, <laughs> every position, which is crazy to say, when you're building that depth, we're going to have – there's going to be guys – you know, we're going to see guys that pop up for one year, year and a half maybe, 15 games, and they become draftable players from that. One, because the pedigree that Oklahoma is going to have defensively moving forward, Brady. And two, because they're good. And that's just not a place where Oklahoma's been. And I, I guess, like, I believe <laughs> I believe that. I've thought that. But then you hear Alex Wrench talk today, and it just resonates completely. And I, I, think it, I think it resonates throughout college football. I mean, we had Josh Pate, national college football guy on the day, and he's just like, yeah, they're, they're really good. <laughs> and it, we've talked about this, like, to hear national people come around to that idea, it's taken a minute. And yeah. he even said today, like, 
you're starting to see, like what we said, you're starting to see national people continue to regurgitate the same information everybody is saying. Like, we're at that point of the offseason with 30 days left. And guys are sitting here on this defense. Like, does is there a place for Isaiah Coe? Is there a place for Jordan Kelly? I mean, I want I want to believe so. No, I, sure, I know, I know, I'm, I know. I've already ordered the jersey from China. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if there's a place for these guys. Like, Bryson Washington, Joshua Eaton, Justin Harrington. Like, how does how does he fit in the – by the way? Which oh, we need to get into yeah, that. That yeah. was, like that, – that was me and, like, getting all warm and fuzzies. I actually may have said it turned me on seeing that quote like today. Alex, okay, clearly you're not on Twitter because uh, OU fans have been excited for Justin Harrington for about a year and a half now, and you saying that out loud in front of multiple witnesses and then mentioning Justin Harrington by name – I'm not going to sit here and say that he better be an All-American or else, but it's like that—that's the standard. If that he's playing where that's Trey, the Nor- hype. if that's he's the playing hype. where Trey Norwood play or like in that role, yes, like key, ball key, hawking, like key, key Lawrence, playmaker, yeah, Key Lawrence, like Key Lawrence and Justin Harrington are about to be pushing for some spots. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what that creates. If he's not locked into corner, Brady, like what they've said for all along, um, you know, like. He is going to have a legit shot at being a guy on this defense. And again, they may be beating the crap out of so many people this year. We don't know what their best lineup's going to be until they play a close game. So, well, I, I mean, the the easy question is, whose spot do they take? Does this player take whoever you're talking about, Justin Harrington or <laughs> Key Lawrence? And the answer being Patrick Fields. But what about DTY? I, I think it's, again, a fair con- it's a fair conversation. Again, like you 40 talked about that as well, so please go listen to their podcast um, because, you know, I'm not going to pretend like we're the only motherfuckers who talk about OU football on here, and I'm not going to pretend like I don't listen to anybody else. But, I mean, it is it is a very fair question because as an OU fan, I mean, I like DTY. Yeah. I And I and I like Patrick Fields. Like, they, they, they performed very well, but to me – the standard of an Oklahoma defense, especially a championship Oklahoma defense, like what that tells me is just players like at least Patrick Fields, that should be a backup. Correct. That should be a backup. DTY is just on the border. He is on the fringe of that's a guy you can roll with. I think U40 may have – I think they may have asked the question, uh, can you win a national title with DTY? I don't think so. I, I don't know if I agree with that. Because DTY plays well, he especially plays well in run support. He's not somebody that I think is a detriment to the defense, especially like on RPOs or play action. He's not a guy who fucking bites, essentially. Um, so I think you can get away with DTY. But at the same time, if there is a higher ceiling player than even a guy like DTY, if he's getting benched, that just means that the defense is playing so damn well and mm-hmm. has such a high ceiling. And that's why people are excited for Oklahoma football this year. One of the reasons. Sure. I'll say this. Like, I could tell you, DTY is a guy that has a draftable grade heading into his final year in and Norman. I, and I can definitely see that because he is not afraid of contact. No. And he's got a late-round grade right now, um, a guy that can improve that. <laughs> there may be guys better behind him. <laughs> you know, like, that. that's – that's when you come to play football to OU, that's always the – that's – whether it's OU or Alabama or Notre Dame or USC or, like, I guess historically Texas, 
you, you shouldn't be afraid of that. Like, if you come here and you're highly recruited, sure, but you're you're here to try to take somebody else's spot who is just as highly recruited as you. You're here to keep your spot over somebody who is just as highly recruited as you, and that's the whole point. It's just that constant, you have to come to work every day. Mm-hmm. If you want to play in the NFL, that's that's your job every day is to not lose your job because you're playing with dozens of other badass motherfuckers who are just as good as you, if not better. It's one of those t- things, man. Like Oklahoma secondary is going to be really good in the next four years. Now, who knows what their defensive line looks like with all the guys that will be leaving, right? Like that, They've got a chance to lose six guys this year, which could make it interesting. But, I mean, they returned Josh Eaton, Latrell McCutcheon, Jordan Mukes. Bryson Washington. Who are they? Billy Bowman. There's five right there. Um, I, oh, Demont Harmon. He's still. He's going to be in Norman. He's there right now. Um, you know, it's a different world, man. It's a different world. We're sitting here just gassing up this defense and how good it's going to be. And the Oklahoma's offense is going to be a top three offense next year. But we don't give a shit about. Well, that they better anymore. be in the top two. In the SEC, at the very least, you play fucking defense. I'm kidding. You don't. You actually score you, points now. You don't. You just score points. Thanks again, Trevor Knight. The <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> no, I, I guess let's let's point our ears and our eyes and our noses to, to the offense because okay. um, as great as the offense was relative to college football, because it certainly was, what was it, the number three offense? Third offense, it was the second least efficient that Lincoln's had since 15. So it's 15 was the most there was the least efficient last year was the second least, if that makes sense. And I would assume 2015's l- lower efficiency was probably brought on by the first half of that season. Because the first half of that season was fairly pedestrian. Not scoring a touchdown in Knoxville until the fourth quarter. And then the Texas game <laughs> was pretty bad. Yeah. Y- yeah, like um, I think the West Virginia game was kind of a dogfight for a good few. like Three quarters. For three quarters. I was playing a uh, baseball game. Yeah, right? it was basically after Texas, and then they played Kansas State and won 55 to nothing. And that's when like the Lincoln Riley offense that we kind of know started. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of took They a ate a bunch of fast food in an airport. They ate, well, then they ate a bunch of fast food to start the 2016 season but by not <laughs> being able to score on Houston's defense for some some reason. Like, we're not going to run the football today. That's what Lincoln Riley said. That was a bad Lincoln run the football game. Yeah. There th- there have been two of those that I can remember. That and 2018 Tech. Oh, wow. Where I it's know. like n- Texas Tech wants nothing to do with Trey Sermon. They want nothing to do with him, yet you still are trying to out-air raid Texas Tech. Please stop and just hand the damn ball off, please. Yeah. Oh, I'm – like I, I will, I will give you a Mike Leach autograph. <laughs> I have one in my house. Please. <laughs> oh, poor man. Lincoln. Like by the way, was put in such a weird spot of like. So um, I think it was Jason Kersey who asked it, and it's it a great question, but it's such an odd spot of like. So, how do you feel about Texas Tech's prospects moving forward? It's like what. Well, well, the question, like, is a great question. Oh, you, it if, was good. If you could get a an honest answer, but you can't get honest answers all the time in press conferences, because Lincoln Riley represents something bigger than himself. I liked his answer, though. It was a good answer, but it was just like I, I just felt bad for him because, sure. like, it's one of those things where you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. If you go all in on tech, then oh, you people are gonna be like, what the fuck? If you go 
not all in on tech, then you're not going to basically be able to go home. The guy has a degree from Texas Tech. He has inroads and friends and relationships from Texas Tech that, you know, I hundred percent respect. I, I mean, think I think he Barry, really Barry went to Arkansas. Bud Wilkinson's from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Bob went to Iowa, and a lot of you love Bob, so <laughs> you should understand. I was gonna say I was. It was nice to hear though from him that he kind of feels the same way that we do. It's like yeah, we God, we, and that's what I was trying to tell Sam. It's like I just love this league, and I fought for it for so long. And then Lincoln and all of us said that or have the same exact mindset. My God, playing Arkansas and Missouri and LSU and Ole Miss, oh, that's going to be great. So it was a, it was it was a weird question, but it was a, I think it was one that was needed as well. I, I think it was the proper angle from Kersey to take to get the best answer out of him about what he feels about the Big Twelve. That's probably more than anything. Yeah, what that was about, and he gave a I think a great answer, and it speaks to. A lot of what we feel in terms of, I wish we would have figured it out. I wish the Big 12 would have figured it out 10 years ago, and they didn't. Um, and now Oklahoma's going to play, go play an SC schedule, and it's going to be all fine and dandy and great. And But that is, again, Brady, in the future. I wanted to ask you this. I said this, and I don't know if you heard my question to Bob P. on air, but this is the same question I'm going to ask you. I know Perrion Winfrey's not going to get a C put on his chest, but is he the is he the leader of this defense? Like if he go, if if he's going, this defense is gonna fucking go. Pardon my, I've dropped two f bombs today, and yeah, I'm not even drunk. I certainly think so because there there can be different types of vocal leaders. There can be a vocal leader that is you know, that is willing to talk no matter what the situation is. You know, and I guess that would be like an Isaiah Thomas. Sure. So, like, whether OU's up 20 or down 20, like, no, 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 we're in this game, or no, 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 we need to keep playing like we've been playing. That's an Isaiah Thomas. Perion Winfrey is a player that I kind of, I actually said this on the radio last year during this time about Buki Radley-Hiles, where if anybody can help fill the gap of Kenneth Murray's absence going to the NFL, it, it could be somebody like Buki where, and what I meant by that was when he makes plays, the defense just, they get so much more hype. They get so much more excited. There's so much more, like, just team synergy going on when Buki makes a play. And it's because, you know, for, you know, a lot of different reasons, I'm sure, but one of the reasons, Buki is a very popular teammate. He's a very popular person. I can see the same thing with Perry on Winfrey, where if he gets a sack, it just means, you know, for lack of a better phrase, it just means more. When Perrion Winfrey picks up a fumble, it, just it is means so more. hard to not use that phrase. By the way, I said it on air today. I snuck it in there. Oh fuck them! You know we're, <laughs> we're coming. They know it. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, I, South Carolina—all those like mid-tier to second, right. third-tier schools are just like. Well, that was a lot of fun. That was a fun decade. Oh, my now favorite back to the is basement. I f- my favorite is we're gonna go throughout this whole season and we're like we're not talking about the SEC, not talking about the SEC. It's hard talk not sh- to and then talk shit on someone from the SEC. At it's some hard. Point. Look, look, I don't want to talk about them that much either, but it's hard not to for sure until football is played. Yeah, and even then, like there's gonna be stuff that comes out because I think you pointed this out on Triple M today, Keegan. Um, if we are to believe everything that Texas's president said in that little Senate per whatever sure. hearing. These movements take, you know, anywhere from three to six months. If that if that's the timeline that we are to believe now, 
that was during a time where not every conference knew that some programs were, <laughs> quote, for sale. Sure. So maybe you just three to six months, but maybe just a little bit more accelerated. Mm-hmm. But if we were to believe that timeline, then by the time football season 2021 is over, we're going to know if some programs remaining in the Big 12 are going to be heading into a different mm-hmm. direction. And if that's the case, they're going to let you know as soon as possible because they need to let their fan base and their donor base know that, no, 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 this is a good investment. We're going to be playing football at the highest level possible. Don't you worry. So, like, stuff like that is just... It is going to make it inevitable it, to talk it's about. It's going to make it inevitable to talk about. And that, that stuff's going to be trickling out in September, October, November, and especially December and January. That's when we're going to really know, like, I think, the future of the remaining Big 12. Oh, I'm with you. I, I've said this, and I said this whenever this whole thing went down, right? Like... It literally made no sense, even if Oklahoma and Texas were pushing for it, for if you're Bob Bowlesby, Brady, it doesn't make any sense why they even tried to renegotiate anything right now. Like, that would be me telling you to go buy Doge after it had started to go up. It's like, wait till it hits the top, you know, sell off from there, like, whatever. But the Big 12 had an opportunity to maximize this league's potential in January. This yep. was going to be a national ch- – you don't – and I said this, this is probably the best analogy I could use and not Doge, but you don't do the stadium renovations at Oklahoma before you win the Sugar Bowl. You do it afterwards. And again, that could actually still be a good thing for these schools. If nothing happens in the next couple months, you get into January, Iowa State has a good year, but maybe they go 12-1, and sneak into the playoff maybe as a two-second Big 12 team. Who knows? Man, if that happened, oh – the meltdown about OU still leaving the SEC to the SEC would be awesome. But I will say this. If they have a good year, which they should, I'm the only team in non-con I'm worried about is Kansas State as we've gone over. I love their blimps. <laughs> Very lovely. I actually had to think. I'm usually pretty good around you. I'm getting better around Chisholm. I'm usually pretty good around you to catch up on those. That one would have gone completely over my head if this was like six months ago, and I would have listened back and been like, oh, what the hell. But Chisholm has the gift of sight now, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think that y- you look at it, these schools are going to be more valuable in January um, than they are, you know, at, at, they are at this point right now, more than likely. I just don't know if it's in their best benefit to. And I really don't want to hear about it before this season's over. I want us. I want it to get into bowl season. I want to get into after this season's over to really dive into this because I think it would best benefit the Big Twelve, and I think it would best benefit these schools. And I think it best benefit. Well, it wouldn't best benefit the Big Twelve. It best benefit these schools and the networks to get it done after the season once the value's a little bit higher. Who knows? It's. I'm. I'm interested to see how it plays out. Um. Regardless, I, I, I do have something else I, I did want to ask you. I brought up on air today, Brady. Are you, I, I, I guess this is off air to Sam, but, like, you know, you hear Bob and, and I'm you hear us talk and hear everybody talk about the tackles, right, and the safety. We've, we've highlighted those are the two big question marks for Oklahoma this year. Wide receiver depth a little bit. Linebacker depth got better um, over the course of the summer. So, um, you know, I look at it. I look at it and I say, uh, you know, I, I would go towards this is going to be a year, man, where I'm oh, – I don't, don't know how the best way to say this. I'm, I'm like 
Oklahoma's going to be so much better than everybody. Like, I just, I guess I don't think people know that yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it took me so long to get there. I just don't know if they're going to know it yet. They're not inclined to believe it just because Oklahoma's been a certain way for the last 10 years. And then, I mean, even before, because college football fans at large that have memories that go back to 2000, you know, they win a national title in 2000, but then they were in a handful of other national title games that they choked in. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what casual college football fan with a long memory can remember at this point. And so I don't blame them. And there's a part of me that feels like that's awesome. I I I relish the like the 2000 season in terms of like how OU just came out of nowhere and continuously week after week after week answered every single question and every single test. The only thing they didn't really get to answer in 2000 was, well, are they better than Miami? Sure. Well, was Miami better than Washington? No, they weren't. That's why they didn't play in the goddamn game. So lose me. I've I've had to watch that stupid 30 for 30 like three or four times bartending on Sundays here at Vanessa House, which takes great care of us, and they're so good, and the beer is awesome, and Zach's right behind me looking down, breathing down my neck, making sure I mention Vanessa House. Uh, but at the same time – Shout out Davis Dunkelberger, yeah, th- by the way. Thank you very much. Like Your, your check is in the mail. It is. Yes, yes, yes. Thank and you very much. Absolutely. No, like, screw 2000 Miami. You guys – look, they were more talented than Oklahoma, but so was Florida State, and so was Nebraska, and so was Texas, and probably so was Kansas State. And you know what? Maybe even Texas A&M because I, I don't remember recruiting rankings from 97. I don't think they had recruiting ra- – uh, I guess Tom Lemming. Lemming's the goat, right, of all this recruiting oh, yeah. stuff or something. Or the – yeah. But, yeah, I think that's that was more of my main thing is like – Oklahoma sitting up there just as confident as I've ever heard Lincoln talk. When he said, "Oh, he knows." Oh, when he said the comment that, "Man, if it's crazy that this is my seventh camp," and I'm like, "Did you really have to say that?" You know, I know. I was. It I was, was like I was 24 when you were hired. O- Oklahoma, I mean, I thought the world was burning down when that happened. When he was hired, I thought, "Oh, you was screwed." I didn't realize that. And then you also mentioned the fact that it's year seven and he hasn't lost a Big 12 championship. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's how it felt that it came off to me. It's like, man, I can't believe it's year seven. It's like, can you not? I could believe it. (laughs) I've seen you win. (laughs) I've literally watched you do nothing but win for six years. How can you not believe it's year seven? But run ill-timed reverses. I'm just kidding. Zach Smith, will you come here, please? Because you're just standing here, I guess you just want to talk. So, you talk about this, the talk about the creamsicle slush fund. Yeah, slush fund continuation of our most popular line. So it's going to be an unfermented fruit sour. So um, with this one, we wanted to do a typical play on the creamsicle. It's summer. It's hot. We enjoy eating creamsicles. Um, so this one's going to have orange, little bit of vanilla, and a little bit of marshmallow. So it's going to be a nice contrast of sweet and sour. And it's it's definitely very popular for us right now. Oh yeah, as someone who bartends on the weekends, it's it's more than popular. It's very good. It's refreshing, and you know what? If you think you're just like, well, I'll just drink co- I just drink Coors Light, but lie, that's, that's all I do. Well, then, like one, just get over yourself and come try it. Or if you don't want to try that, then try the commercial free Pilsner, which tastes very good. I'm drinking that right now. Zach, what what is your beer of choice here? Man, I I am a can I swear on this podcast? Oh yeah, oh yeah, basic bitch. So 401k, um, 
I didn't want to hold the mic. I did not there want to hold go. the mic. Four hundred one k is my favorite. It's going to be our best seller. Um, it's a great beer um, for people that that you were just hating on that might like Coors Light. Yeah, Coors Light. Coors Light. Um, get your ass down here. Give it a shot. Uh, it's pretty good. It's smooth, easy drinking, pretty refreshing, and we call it. We say it's crushable because we'll throw a bunch of them back any given night. So that's my my go to. Yep. Yep. Boone. That Boone. Master Brewer. Thank you, Zach. You're very welcome. You're very sexy. I don't hear that very often, so it's very Well, why the fuck not? I don't get out a whole lot. Everybody come to the tap. <laughs> we're, we're actually talking. We're talking about. What's the podcast? Yeah, we're, we're talking about things that. We're, it's, we're it's, talking about talking season, but talking season's apparently over, so I don't really get it. Yeah, like there there might have been a little movement in my lower body when Lincoln said that. I'm sorry. I I'm I was a little bit like that, not going to lie. There was a couple like, moments. Oh, 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 you know, it's like, "Oh my god, it's football." <laughs> I like the football. <laughs> and I like when Lincoln Riley is just like kind of Barry Switzerish. He has become Barry Switzerish, I mean, hasn't da- he? Da- Davis is wearing a beat Texas hat right now. You like know, there e- were e- some people out there that was worried about Lincoln being someone else. Because he's from West Texas? Because he's from West Texas. I mean, Barry Switzer's from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Bob is from fucking Iowa. Mm-hmm. Or Ohio. He went to Iowa. I, 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 don't, I don't pretend to know these things. Bud Wilkinson went to Minnesota University. And the word was like Kevin titles? Sumlin. The word was like Kevin Sumlin. I remember, remember that. And you remember when like Lincoln can't do shit unless he's got a transfer quarterback, man. That, that was that like was, last summer. That was so funny because we knew two years before Spencer Rattler even played a down at OU, we were like, man, that 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 will have its time. That will have its time. But my God, will it be fucking funny when Spencer Rattler actually starts playing? It's like, yep, can only do sh- you only do stuff with uh, old, the transfer quarterbacks. What a shame. Rest in peace, that take. Yeah, Lincoln has definitely shown. He's different, man. Like, I guess I, I don't remember early Bob. I don't remember those quotes, my let quotes. Me, let me tell you, it was awesome. It was it? Early? Early Bob? It made it that much harder. Oh, really? There's a reason why this, this is very hard for me. <laughs> and it's because early Bob and then Bob with an axe to grind as his uh, as his career went along. So, like, the, the Sugar Bowl that we yeah. all know. Like, sure. That Bob Stoops is awesome. Awesome. Hey, scrap everything we're running the Auburn offense. And then look what happened. So let's keep doing that. No, 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 no. We're going to run the Landry Jones offense. I, I, I Lincoln has not only – is Lincoln as confident as he is this today, Brady, if Alex Grinch isn't a Norman? I don't think so. I think Grinch pushes this guy because, like – Lincoln will come out, yeah, he's got a lower bodily injury, like he's going to be out for a while, more than likely the season. Grinch comes in 20 minutes later, yeah, we've had six ACL injuries. <laughs> what? It's like two completely different <laughs> why, people. Why would you say that? It's like it's literally two completely different people. And I, I think that Lincoln, it's going to be good for him that they are and at least providing – you know, you talk about Bob, right, in terms of, like, he got stagnant, the competition was, 
you know, TCU and Baylor became in the conference, and it got a little weird there for a little bit. I'm on a cleanse, Keegan. Kansas well, State. Well, a well-documented cleanse. I can't speak further, but go ahead. Kansas State was pretty good. Oklahoma State was good. Um, it was a weird time in the league, right? It was It was a different era. <laughs> that sounds like when some of my family members like described the 60s. Like, why did you guys do that? It was a different era. <laughs> you, just, you just don't – you just won't understand <laughs> – the, uh, it was just flag football, man. It was the twenty early twenty tens. But it's it's seriously, I, you know, I I would say this. I look at it and I say, Lincoln is about to get pushed, but I think he's ready for that. I won't know if I would have said that. Yeah, no, I I don't know if I would have said that. Thirty. I don't know if I would have said that um, nine months ago. You know what I'm saying? Because he's always been so reserved. He's always been he's been brash. He's been confident. He's been outspoken about some things. But in terms of, like, legit just spewing Switzer-esque comments, you know? He's not there yet, but I it's, think he's, he's, he, he, he wants to. Each, like, each season's getting a little bit closer. He, he wants to. He wants to put on the beat Texas hat, but he represents something bigger than himself, and unfortunately the institution that he represents is – of course yeah. he does. Ian McIver's in the rotation it, at center. It, it is it is aired on the side of PC, but as we've seen with the SEC move, there we go. Like take a shot every time we mention the SEC. Take a shot. Um, with the SEC move, we're seeing more and more of a no. We're the show here. Correct. We're not part of it. We are the show, and you're here to watch us. And I think as we get closer and closer to the ultimate goal, which is, of course, winning a national title. I think we could potentially see, like, more Lincoln rally. Just, you know, like, watching Nick Saban press conferences are fun because he will he will speak his mind. And it's always fun to watch people speak their mind unless they're fucking insane, which, by the way, Keegan, uh, last night you texted me about the uh, U.S. men's basketball team mm-hmm. uh, watching or playing Australia, and I was like, perusing through YouTube TV, and then I had to text you back and go, like, what channel is it on? And you're like, I'm streaming it illegally because it's on Peacock TV. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what that is. I really don't know what that is. So I, I kept looking, couldn't find it, and I was like, there's nothing on, and I'm already, like, looking at channels. Oh, the Paul Feinbaum show is yeah. on. Maybe I should start watching this because it's in my it's in my vested interest. I am not kidding. This How is, entertained were you? I'm not kidding. This is not meant to be political, but as somebody who has tickets, hotel rooms, and flights already bought and confirmed for like places like New Orleans for Tulane or places like L.A. for a System of a Down concert in October or San Francisco in December for a Metallica concert, I will bring up this story. I turned on the uh, Paul Feinbaum show. The mm-hmm. first caller that I heard was somebody named Christopher from Alabama. Okay, and he was like, "Hey, Paul, how come we? How come no one's talking about them? Uh, them chi- all them children get killed by this vaccine? Oh. You know, like, and you know what? Paul Feinbaum gave him time, and and I mean that, and I mean that like respectfully, like he gave him time, and that he he entertained this guy." Sure. And he entertained him in a way of like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, yeah. you Not not like, I'm just going to let you like pontificate on my platform. He Paul Feynman was like, you are a fucking idiot. 
You are an idiot. Oh, Paul's great. So like, no, like Paul, like every once in a while, like put in like these little jabs here and there, like all all these other inferior leagues. Sure. And they were inferior before OU Texas came to the SEC, and it's just like, oh, okay, like there's there's like the sports hate, like there's the sports hate, but at least I I found out that Paul has a brain, and that makes me feel very good considering that he's about to be the uh, voice for the conference that my favorite team and uh, al- my. Uh, my school that I graduated from is going to be playing in. He's gotten a lot, like, he got questioned about some of his OU hate, right? You know what I'm saying? In regard that regard. But at the same time, God, he's good at what he does. He oh, knows, no, no. He, he is, is amazing at he, what he does. He is great. Like, and and he, he understands it. Like, I remember after the Sugar Bowl where he wore the OU hat. Like, that, that is great content. I think that was your avatar for, like, a year. I think it was for over a year. Yeah, yeah. But that is great. That is somebody who understands. Like, no, my avatar. This is just silly. This is just sports. This isn't the end of the world. This isn't politics, which people freaking kill each other over. Unfortunately, shouldn't be the case, but it is the case. This is just silly sports. I'm gonna have fun with it. Let me put this OU hat on. Oh. No, mine was when he put he had Snoop Dogg on his show. Yeah, and he had a beanie on and did the double peace sign on the show. That was my I was just thinking about that was my Avi for a while. He has put an OU hat on after OU and Alabama played in 2013. He has called Bob Stoops irrelevant on air. I mean, any comments? <laughs> Is that a part of my cleanse? I think. It's a, it's a Mike Stoops. I think lens. we're good. I think we're good. I think it, I think I think anything Bob related, but you have some something super positive about Bob. So I don't know if you. I was trying to give you a platform to say something negative. Well, no, like it's nothing negative. It's just factual. Like Bob <laughs> went on cruise control from '09 <laughs> to about '14, and then he was told like you need to do something or you need to keep stepping. Mm-hmm. And he did something. He just unfortunately didn't do all of it. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, but I'm on a cleanse and can't speak further. Here's the picture of a fine bomb in an OU hat. Yeah, that was your avatar for the longest time. No, it was. I had him in a beanie. It was, oh, yeah, was he's in doing a, like the peace signs. He sign was doing the terrible peace signs. Yeah, he had yeah. Snoop Dogg on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was hilarious. So, anyways, he's a, he's a great character. I think he's getting. He's a, he's a very good storyteller. Like his his old like what before when he was just a writer. Mm-hmm. He's a very good writer. He and and two, I want to say like. He's been critical of Oklahoma in the past. Fair, fair. I've been at a point where after listening to him three times now, I think I think I've watched the show three times since it's happened. And as you know, like it's I it's I like to listen to it and actually like hear what's being said instead of having it on the background. He's he is a lot better at his job than I ever gave him credit for. He has to entertain people who think the vaccine is killing children on mass. Yeah. Like he has to do that. Yeah. That's Christopher from Alabama, like apparently this guy, like, he's called in before and Paul was like, So, like, I feel bad for you because you've lost your job to this. Mm-hmm. And Christopher's like, Yeah, you're right, Paul. Like, yeah, I have lost my job, but it's just because I care about the kids. <laughs> and, and and I put God b- before everything. I mean I mean, I think God wants us all to live. Mm-hmm. Live healthy and happy lives but that's just me no that is no, just you're my good. thoughts no you're good and i i have i have big 
funny looking curly hair, so who gives a shit what I think? No, you've got great hair. Don't don't talk shit about your hair. I've I've always said this. Um I I think like the most I guess moving forward, right? Like the most important thing is you have the game against Tulane thirty days from today in New Orleans. I don't know if I will I'm still trying to work out figure out the logistics. <laughs> I'll know more about yeah, you my got logistics. A, you got a you got a wedding to go to. I know. I got. I'll. I'll. Davis, are you going? No. No. Well, why the hell not? Because I'm. I only have money to go to one road game, and that'll be in Dallas. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's, you, Texas. Is the that's best. fair enough. We'll we'll have to figure something out about that. But I don't know if I will be down. Allocate some Patreon money to your way to take you on a trip somewhere. Um. I don't know if I'll be in New Orleans for the game, I I, but I may I may be down there Saturday, and if that happens, I hope we all have a hangout. I think I be, to, or Friday. I think we all have a hangout. I need to hit up our good friend at the Fear the Wave blog, get a get a meetup started. Oh, no doubt. Because I'm like I, I've never been here in this in this foreign land. Well, he gave Nor- you the Norleon. He gave you the t- what you need to do. Well, here's the thing, Keegan. Like I. Technically, we'll have to do work that day. You pre- will. Pre and post. Yes, you will. So it's in my best interest to not have to go to a, like, to not be able to go to a bar at four in the morning. Because if that's the case, then I'm going to suck at my job that day. I think that's, I like, gonna acceptable, like, though. I was going to be like, See what happened with Dean Blevins when he was down in New Orleans? We're going now, championship. Now, if, if any franchise listeners can remember, um, Kelly Gregg in South Bend when OU went to Notre Dame and beat them in 2013. Apparently, according to the Lost Ogle, the best sports radio in Oklahoma history was Kelly Gregg post-game after OU beat Notre Dame. Oh, I can, Matt. Because, like, all the Notre Notre Dame fans gave him, like, drinks. Because Notre Dame fans are awesome. Like, they're very nice. I, when they came down in 2012, they were awesome. I had a handful of them come to our tailgate. They were great people. I can only imagine, like, Kelly Gregg with his personality, like, how much free beer he probably got <laughs> and what that sounded like. Because, unfortunately, I didn't listen to it. My God. Yeah. How, how, how much beer can make Kelly Gregg sound drunk, though? Uh, his, calf, his calf muscles are bigger than my, my torso. Yeah, he was – he's a – I'm trying to think. I don't think – because of how short and stocky he is – I bet he is one of those guys that would just buy a 30-pack and everybody's like, hey, like, can, do you need help with that? He's like, no. No, I got it. I'm good. I'm golden. Stay a, away. Got a bicycle gang on Broadway over here. Broadway There's, and 8th is where you can find Vanessa House. And as I'm looking to uh, the east, there is a, a large bicycle gang. Hopefully they don't take our lunch money. Continue, Keegan. I don't think they will. I think they, uh, they're heading in the opposite direction. I I'll say, you know, I guess kind of wrap up on, you know, take away, I guess, my head or meaty day. I don't know where you want to go from this, but I'm I'm just thankful that we have football back. I hope with, with COVID ravaging in the in the country and especially in the South. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It is, it's, it is again, though, which is sad. Um, it is. but it, and I, It's because I, of Christopher in Alabama. It, it can be, but I, I hope that we, we get to a point in the next three weeks where – we're pushing and, and we're making the proper places with the vaccine and vaccination rates where you can go do it and call your local doctors, do your part, do your thing. I know this is not a PSA. I, I have a, people. I want to watch OU football with 90,000 people in the goddamn I wanna, stands. I, here's not, my, not 16. 
I want to be at OU Texas and there'll be 95,000 people in the I want the bowl. fair to be open. I want to be drunk as shit watching that game. My cousin turned 21 last year, and he was he's a Texas fan. His older brother turned 21 in 2016, and I brought him to OU Texas that year. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to bring my other cousin who sure. turned 21 last year to OU Texas. But I was like, I'm not going to take you to this one last year. Like, that's not OU Texas that I know that you, you should – break into we're gonna go next year hopefully everything's back to normal so please let it be back to normal oh and i'm with you and i hope we all do our part um people close to me having some issues so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting i i I hope we get to that point and that's really the last thing i said um i'll I'll say oklahoma again reiterate football program wise i don't quote me on this and i probably shouldn't be saying this but i think the entire staff's vaccinated and i think over ninety-five percent of the roster is vaccinated. So yeah, because I it's mean, it's gonna be even, good for them. Even as far back as Big Twelve Media Day, I think Lincoln. What did he say? Like after that, John Rame. Ra- what was his name? John Rom. John Rom. Yeah, that golfer that got kicked out of the PGA Tour because he had a COVID positive. Which <laughs> got he's, suspended. He's one, fi- he got suspended for one weekend, or he's he fine. Play. Right? He's he's okay. Yeah, he yeah. won a tournament. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so he's healthy. He's he's thankfully didn't have anything terrible. Then he had a false positive at the Olympics, so two tournaments he gets pulled out of for. Uh, no, I, it might not have been a false positive. It might be, he tested positive. I'm not 100 percent sure it was false though, but yeah. Dynamite Davis, right there with the facts. Now, um, I mean, look. At this point, I think Lincoln said, like, yeah, after that happened in the PGA Tour, a lot of other players who weren't vaccinated were like, hey, uh, what? And then when the Big 12 and every other conference basically said, yeah, we're not postponing games anymore. Like, you're just going to forfeit if it's be- – basically, like last year, West Virginia would have forfeited. No, you would have got the win. Not a, for- not just a postponement or it's just not going to be played. Like, oh, you would have had an extra win on their schedule. And West Virginia is not the third best team in the league heading into the year analytically either. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. So – and that's important to remember, but um, it is it. It is almost so important to remember that, like, I can't even fathom why we all think West Virginia, why as a whole, as a group, why West Virginia is so exciting for this year. Like, I I can't wrap my mind. Like, I have never been more unsure on a team than West Virginia this year in the Big Twelve. Well, okay, because they didn't play Oklahoma. I know. I think that's the easiest easiest thing to say is they didn't play the top dog in in Oklahoma and when they played Iowa State they were just so they were so not interested in half covid ravage that that's not an accurate portrayal of what West Virginia I think is mm-hmm. now you know that can happen even still like West Virginia could have been 100% Iowa State could have been 100% and that same score could have happened cuz college football is weird sometimes but as we project forward, like, yeah, I'm just – like, West Virginia, like, I think I said, a, what, two months ago when we were talking about uh, just w- inexplicable losses that could trip up OU, West Virginia kind of freaks me out just because everybody's pointing to Kansas State. It's right before Texas. I'm zero, I'm zero worried about that game. I know you are. I'm just I'm, – I'm worried about everything. I know you do. I know you do. I know. My last thing, Keegan – Mm-hmm. Steve Sarkeesian saying, yeah, we need every week of these five weeks to prepare for the gauntlet that is 
the Raging Cajuns of the University of Louisiana. They're a good football team. I, I don't know if I would have laid it out like that. But, I, I again, I, I get it. I know it's fun. But if we're just kind of looking at it from, you know, nor, like middle-of-the-ground perspective here, it's a lot better hearing that than hearing other shit that you've heard out of Texas for the last six years. Am I wrong in thinking that? Well, he said that, and then he said something about recruiting that I'm like, if I'm a Texas fan, I'm like, why did we hire you? I will no. The comment that would have said the, that was the, the whole target on the back. You want to talk about something that's well, just those three are just like, what the what the hell are you? For sure, the the coach at Texas needs to take the mantle of like you. The everybody understands that we have not been good for a decade. Everybody understands. I don't need to like reflect that. But at the end of the day, we are Texas. You wish you were here. That is the mantle that the Texas head Texas coach take. just flipped a kid from Colorado. 20 minutes ago. Oh, my oh God. That that They're Lord. coming back, man. By the way, does Oklahoma have, like, uh, inroads in the state of Colorado now? <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Soonerbot? Sooner. <laughs> okay, can we talk about something about that? Did you see my tweet let about me, Tony Casillas? Let, Real quick. Well, let's touch on that Tony in a second. Tony Casillas is a weird... Uh, Was that of, not the most wild thing? I, I think I'm not alone in saying this, but Tony Casillas is <laughs> probably one of my least favorite best Sooners of all time. Probably. Probably. Yeah. You know, like, if you, for whatever, listen to this, Tony, like, if you want to jump on and defend yourself, by all means, please do. And I hope. But if not, <laughs> then, like, I don't give a shit. Like, you, like, I don't like your takes. And the way that you go about thinking about sports, I just never, ever agree with. And it just sounds disingenuine. <laughs> he responded to a bot asking for a film review of it. And I'm like. You literally click on the profile, and in the bio, it says bot. Like, this is a this is a computer. Like, this isn't doing anything. Um, recruiting. I, I do think we do have some recruiting stuff to get to. You have a commitment from Makai Lemon, an announcement coming up on August 7th. Oh, God, thank you. Hey. Keep going, Keegan. No, you're good. No, you're good. You're good. I, uh, I, I'll say this. I, I'm at a point where recruiting-wise – August 7th with my Kyle Lemon coming up. Five-star out of Los Alamitos, California. Teammates of now five-star wide receiver DeAndre Moore, uh, formerly of Desert Pines Valley in Nevada, same place where uh, Javante Barnes is from. I'm not saying that's calculated by any means, but he isn't going to Los Alamitos. If he wasn't going to Oklahoma. So, with that being said, uh, Oklahoma is in a great position over here. Over the course of the next month, should be exciting for 2023 kids. I don't know necessarily how much 2022. I'm going to be quite frank, as Davis knows, I'm behind on tape. We've had 15 days of fucking conference realignment stuff. Pardon my French there. But we had 15 days of it that I'm still kind of... Heck, an hour worth of hour, and as Brady knows, I spent a very long time this morning on the phone that I did not expect to, and an hour of it was for conference. Re- People are still trying to figure out what's going on, you know, and and I'm still trying to figure out kind of what's going on. But there is a bunch of recruiting news coming up. Uh, I'm trying to dive further on that, as well as uh, we'll be able to get some insight on the next couple first or first week of fall camp. Um, set to have some conversations over the week. Well. See my, I think my big question, if like you just mentioned, conference realignment, mm-hmm. not re- not in regards to Oklahoma because we've talked about that inside and out sure. at this point. I, I hope so. If we've missed something, please let us know. 
if you want us to talk about it, I believe we already have a listener, Mr. Jeff Morris, who is a patron of ours at Through the Keyhole, who wants us to talk about where OU stacks up in the SEC. And like that 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 is a great topic. And like I told I, I told him this in the DM, like that's something for the off season. Uh, because we have no idea, we have an idea when OU's gonna be there. Uh, but if we just sit here and say like OU is gonna be like ranked this in the SEC right now, if they go in there three years from now, it could be completely different. So that's something for the off season. But thank you, Mr. Jeff Morris, for the topic because again, like I I I think about that all the time. So you are not alone. But I mean, in terms of conference realignment. My whole thing is just with the other remaining Big 12 schools, are they done with the emotional stance? Are they done getting their shots in at Texas mainly? Um, Is Oklahoma State done getting their shots in at Oklahoma? Because I get it. The emotional stance has its place, and you have to placate to your fan base Mm -hmm. to an extent. But at some point, you need to realize the pragmatic situation at hand in order to save your program moving forward. And Oklahoma State is a program that deserves to be saved because it is a program that, athletically speaking, across the board, as an OSU fan will remind you, if you're an OU fan, we got most nat titles in the state. Like, okay, cool. Do you tailgate for most of them? No, you don't, so you don't give a shit. But anyway, having said that, it is an athletic program that is worth being saved. It is a rivalry for Oklahoma State's financial stake that is worth being saved. So I hope that the remaining Big 12 schools, outside of a few, there and there are a few. Kansas State and Baylor. Yeah, um, that are just kind of hopeless at this point, but that can change. Um, I hope they abandon their emotional stance and start thinking pragmatically, but I have to think that the suits are doing that at this point. I'm at a, I'm at a point where... I think when you look at it, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, I doubt you hear any more negative stuff out of there from OU and Texas side. Both are helping them. <laughs> help help me help you. That's happening. So I, I doubt we hear much from there. Iowa State's an interesting case, though, because Pollard and Josie are really close. Jamie Pollard, the athletic director, Joe Castiglione, Oklahoma's athletic director. At Ohio State? No, Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah. And those two guys are really close. So if Iowa State's left out to hang, hung out to dry here, I, I, I could see some serious animosity between both. And I'll say this. I've never realized Iowa State has this much animosity towards Oklahoma right now. Have you? I know you pay attention to what I do. Have you seen – I know you probably have some in your mentions as well, Brady Trantham. Have you seen these Iowa State fans the last couple weeks? They're starting to sound like um, – Aggies. They're, no, 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 not Aggies. Like they remind, Texas a ones. They remind me of Utah Jazz fans. Um, when the Thunder played the Jazz a few years ago, they – God in heaven, they, they will let you know that you made a typo. Something I'm as simple sure. as a typo. I'm sure. Like, no, Derek Favors had 12 rebounds, not 11. How dare you? We have 21 returning starters, not 20. Yeah. No, 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 wait. I thought they had 40. (laughs) I texted Brady and I said yesterday, and I said, hey, or messaged him on Twitter. I said, hey, 
finally got connected with someone in Ames about conference realignment. And Brady responds, how many more players do they have returning? Yeah, do they have an extra player returning? <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. like, like, oh, I'm scaled. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They're going... Like, is Spencer Rattler in the offense going to go to sleep again? Because that's really their only chance. It's really, As we it's saw really anybody's only Yeah, that's, that's, like, they, they beat us in Ames. Congratulations. They deserve credit, but there's context to that. I mean, uh, how many missed tackles were there? How many dropped interceptions were there? And you know what? Those dropped interceptions were caught in the Big 12 title game, so I'm inclined to believe that Brock yeah. Purdy is going to continue saying, here, Patrick Fields, I, I like you. You're a nice person. Take the footballs. I saw a play today, and it always reminds me. The Laren Turner Eels play on the tight end late in that game, fourth quarter, driving towards the end zone, 10-yard ten, ten line, 15, towards the Oklahoma sideline. You know what I'm talking about? The Trey Norwood missed tackle against N- – No, no, the one that in the Big 12 championship game. Okay. Where Turner Yell broke on it and had a PBU on Soner or 10 or the single-digit guy. I can't remember. 10. Um, anyways, yeah, I, Iowa State is one of those like unique teams, and I think I even maybe said this on Tuesday, but they like they kind of go against the grain of like thinking in regard of, well, they won a bunch of close games, so usually that in turn means it's not going to work out for you the year after. Texas was a prime example of that if, from 2018 to 2019. But, like, in the games that they were close, they had so many turnovers. So, like, I don't know how to even view it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's so different. It's so weird. I don't know if he said this publicly on his or her Twitter account, so I'm not going to mention this person. But I'm sure you you may know this person saying this because we we talked to this person at the same time. But um, this person put it best about Iowa State. I don't know about Iowa State's prospects. They are clearly the second-best team in the conference in Mm -hmm. terms of their experience and what they've done. But in terms of can they replicate that, I don't know because they had a lot of shit go their way last year in a COVID season. How much of that can repeat itself? Because Mm -hmm. you have to rely on luck. Like, OU in 2000 was lucky. OU, I'm sure, in 1985 was lucky, and they were lucky in 75, 74 1956, 1955, 1950, I'm sure they've been lucky in every national title year. You have to have an element of luck. Mm-hmm. Can Iowa State replicate some of that? I don't know because they got so lucky just to finish second. And to me, that tells me, I mean, so they're they're not that good. No, they are good, but in terms of Oklahoma just fucking around for a handful of weeks – and then just kind of like, oh, I guess we'll win the, nat- the the Big 12 title now. That, to me, tells me that they're so good that if they just get all their ducks in a row, my God, the sky's the limit. Whereas Iowa State, we've seen their sky. Mm-hmm. And it just does not compare to Oklahoma. But, again, this is a sport played by humans and played by kids, so shenanigans can happen, of course. Like I said, Iowa State is such a weird position. Right, because you talk about turnover luck that went in their favor. Um, you could if they had played a bunch of close games. You could talk about how they didn't play nearly as good and they went to a bunch of close, close games. Texas was the only game last year that they either won or lost close that probably should have gone the other way. But, like Baylor last year, TCU, those two games specifically, Oklahoma, 
I mean, they had turnovers of their own. <laughs> like, they kind of had that whole, like, I mantra of, oh, they got lucky. I mean, they kind of should have actually been better than what they were, you know? Like, it's a weird perspective to have. But the Baylor game, they had, I believe, four first-half turnovers from Purdy, or three at least from yeah. him. Um, I mean, the Oklahoma State game is a perfect example of like stuff not going their way in the regular sure. season against not Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They had that one big Brees Hall run, but they had a lot of plays that Brock Purdy will make every single game. Yeah, but got, Oklahoma State caught them, got, got sacked, or yeah, incomplete or got sacked. pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like is Perion Winfrey going to whiff on three sacks? No. Not again. Well, you, know, you you give credit to Brock Purdy. He is a type of quarterback who can like he can he can evade some pressure. Did our, I think both of our perspectives on, on yeah. Purdy change after the Big Twelve Championship game, didn't it? I, I mean, he's a gamer. He is he he is a. I didn't realize he had the second half in him. That he, he is did. the poor man's poor man's Baker Mayfield, where he can just galvanize a team and he can pull something out of his ass that you did not otherwise think. Sure. And he can make some guys miss like a Perry on Winfrey, but three times in one game, I don't think so this time. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I We spent a lot of time today, man, talking about, you know, talking season, <laughs> which, again, Lincoln says it's over with, but we got four more weeks of it. And you look at it, it's just um, you got the Hall of Fame game on, on the night. You got football highlights on your Twitter. We're three weeks away from week zero. Ugh. I, I got know. a cold beer from Vanessa House. I know, I know, and that's and that's mm. where, and that's where we have to mm. that's where mm. we have to like mm. pause it mm. for the next time. Mm. For the next time on Tuesday for through the keyhole, our Patreon page, which you can find it. We start two public pods a week, first week of the season, correct? Yes, we are going to go back to the format from last season where we have two uh, free pods Tuesday and. We're still trying to debate whether it be Thursday or Friday, but regardless, you'll have two free podcasts, one about the week that was, the Lincoln Riley press conference, and then looking forward, and then another podcast about Oklahoma's upcoming opponent, usually all the time at Vanessa House. We will do that. The Ness. And then through the keyhole, like as you know it right now, that podcast will go be relegated back to the post-game show where it was last year, where it was just the post-game show immediately after OU's uh, most previous game. So we will continue to hammer that out. We will add some segments to these podcasts to make them more appealing and interesting to you, a lot more fun. We're going to have fun with it. But we will still be here at Vanessa House every Thursday or Friday, depending on when we decide to do that second podcast during the week for your listening pleasure the Ness House on Broadway and 8th where you can come and have the best beer, the best locally crafted Oklahoma beer in the state, in the city, in the region. And you know what? Right now it's got SEC speed. So we're rolling. Going to be uh, we're, we're late. We're waiting for the it just means more lager. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. Monday. Yes. Here, here at Vanessa House. So I was going to say too, Brady, I, as you know, the last six months have been some of the most stressful six months of my life. Man, I can't wait to t- talk on Tuesday. I cannot wait, and I hope I, I hope I can say something more on oh, Tuesday yeah. and Tuesday. Oh yeah, and again, please, if you want to listen to more of Keegan and I talking OU football, we will record again for Tuesday at Through the Keyhole. 
uh, on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash through the keyhole. $4 a month gets you basically everything with the podcast. $5 a month gets you all of that, plus Keegan's film review, which will, of course, be coming out Sunday, early Monday, following each mm-hmm. OU football game in the 2021 season. And it's great information, I'm telling you. So please check us out and give us a chance, and we hopefully will keep you entertained and informed. But until next time, from Vanessa's house or my kitchen for Through the Keyhole, <laughs> everybody, thank you so much. Boomer Sooner, the season is here. No more waiting. No more SEC. It's just Big 12 winning and national title hunting. So let's have fun with it. But until next time, everybody, Boomer Sooner, and we will talk to you later.